Yo, I'm Chad. And this is Eric. And together we are... Jumpman! Uh, Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, uh, take a thumb boys, out of your butts. <laughs> boys and girls. Uh, Oscar winners and non-Oscar winners. Yes, Razzie winners. Will, Smith, and Son. True, true. But they didn't really pull the... Uh, anyway, anyway. So, um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce... Uh, or introduce? I want to pass tense. <laughs> uh, a good friend, fellow filmmaker, and fellow gamer, Mr. Aaron Patterson. Hey, everybody. Hey. Hey. Aaron, if you, if you hadn't known made this incredible film called Zack Cooper's Epic Speed Run, which I think has more nerdy video game references per capita than any other film in history. Yeah, we tried, and a lot of them are kind of subtle, so if everybody catches them all, we're really impressed. Uh, we were trying to aim for that uh, older 20 to 30-something uh, retro gamer who is really into collecting and just has a, a vast array of knowledge to catch all the little um, totally hidden gems throughout the whole movie so it kind of goes the young kids who are into mario and zelda and that's it they get a lot and then uh you know the kids who like bad dudes and all the other kind of um, yes. lesser known known ones they they get a lot too so so that's what we we're going for and and it's online now we hope everybody uh you know gets something out of it so thanks for having me Sure. So, so our listeners could could pause this podcast. I don't know why they would pause <laughs> yeah. and just hunt down on YouTube Zach Cooper's epic speed run. But yeah. give us like the the basic gist of it for anyone that's listening and doesn't know about it. So first of all, if you are going to hunt it down, it's Zach with an H. I think that's the more common spelling. But as long as you know that, it's really easy to just Google or YouTube. You find it. It's in three parts. It's an hour long. Um, we split it up into 20-minute parts because we know people have a low attention span. But um, the basic uh, gist of the story is you got this kid, Zach Cooper, who's actually out of school now, but he's still living like in his mom's basement. Uh, and he hangs out with his two friends, and they're all basically just slackers who are, you know, sitting around in the basement hanging out and he finally uh, pulls his friends together because he discovers that his old high school bully uh, who stole his Pikachu N64 back at the freshman lock-in in high school to play Madden 64 in sports games he's finally moving out of town and moving on with his life and his friend was mowing his uh, his mom's lawn and overheard them talking about getting rid of a bunch of old junk and one of them was the Pikachu 64 so he realizes it's his last chance uh, and they basically put together this Ocean Eleven style heist to go get it back so um, it basically starts from there and they you know go try and take on this big roided up jock uh, at his own territory and and get it back and, and we just fill a bunch of sound effects uh, special effects or visual effects um, and a whole bunch of uh, just video game references throughout so basically think Scott Pilgrim and Ocean's Eleven and you basically get the gist of it word it was super awesome I, I love that you put a lot of 8-bit uh, graphics in there you, you have a lot of 8-bit cutscenes, which yeah. were just which were perfect they were hilarious yeah, we were trying to mix up uh, some current like uh, graphic type uh, motion motion effects, and then we wanted to get a bunch of eight eight bit stuff. So that was our sprite artist uh, Nathan Townsend who helped out a lot there. We have a uh, uh, original score by Rance, our, our buddy Rance, who makes all the music for us. But then we also used a whole bunch of remixes and songs from uh, from games because you know people are going to recognize that definitely. Um, and then I definitely want to give a shout out to our director Matt Gaither who came up with the whole idea and kind of pulled us all together. Um, but yeah, I, w I uh, produced it. I was assistant director, and I did all the visual effects and uh, motion graphics. So any explosions and and gunfire and laser beams and all that sort of stuff was me. 
And you were cool. the photographer, correct? Yeah, yeah, that was me. Yeah, I played actually. I think like three different roles. I was a uh, part of the posse, the <laughs> like posse in the backyard, and the uh, photographer, and the juggler, and the old guy with the umbrella. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so you know, when you <laughs> when you're on a small guerrilla filmmaking team, you end up not only doing a whole whole bunch of stuff behind the camera, but you end up doing a whole bunch of roles in front of the camera. Just change your costume, comb your hair one way or the other, and put on some glasses. Nobody's gonna recognize you, you know. Yeah, I actually. So, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chad. Uh, I was I was gonna say I was very inspired by Zach Cooper's epic speedrun. It really reminded me of uh, ten years ago making like like a low budget video game inspired movie, uh, uh, like right out of my college years as well. And I really felt like this was this generation's low budget video game, you know, cult classic. Yeah, well, that's what we're and all I for. want. Yeah, like I, I and and I kind of wonder like how do you feel like being a part of that? Like, did you while you were making that? Did you feel like you were part of like like you know like the next generation of you know video game filmmakers, or were you just like this is totally new and nobody's ever done this and we're the best and we're amazing? No, yeah, we uh, we definitely knew it wasn't new because well, I think the story and every everything is new because it's it's unique and original. But just the the aspect of basically doing a low budget, older guys 20 to 30 referencing old video games that's been going on for five to ten years now um and and yeah originally before i even got into this of course i went to school for film and video but like right around there right after i graduated i started getting into collecting old video games because you're broke college student um you can't afford the latest systems or at least in (laughs) or at least more than like one or two games like uh, every few months uh, so then when I discovered that, you know, I had uh, all my old systems still, and you could find those games for like $5, $10 a piece, I started stocking up, and that's when I started watching online reviews. And then, um, you know, like you guys, I started watching uh, PBC, Captain S, Little Miss Gamer. I uh, started, started watching, uh, you know, Angry Video Game Nerd, of course, is kind of what gets a lot of people into it. But I just kind of went around all over the web watching all this sort of stuff. Uh, and that's how I found you guys was because I used to be pretty active on RetroWare. Um, and mm. uh, back in the old forums... And watching all the videos on there and then whenever they added you guys that's how i found your podcast and i went back and listened to whatever you already had and have been listening to every episode ever since nice oh that's awesome so yeah. yeah um getting involved back then we knew that it was kind of big and there's this community and we just wanted to be in, involved in that community because there's so much passion uh behind it so whether it's collecting games reviewing games let's playing games or just making you know fun shorts and comedies you know it's all all good fun i actually have a very i have a list of awesome little gems from your movie that I liked, but do not spoil the movie in any way. Can I, <laughs> can, I uh, can I say what they are? That will work. That's fine. <laughs> These are things. I mean, because uh, you know the your whole Epic Speed Run movie it was pretty awesome and it was funny and it was action packed and stuff. But I really liked just the little things, the little throwaways that you were mentioning earlier. And so uh, some of the ones I thought were the were the best was uh, during a when they you guys showed like a map scene and there was an eight bit Snake Mountain. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> awesome. Lava, <laughs> lava falling, I think, out of the snake's mouth. <laughs> yes. I was like, yeah, fucking snake mountain. It was like just in the corner for like a second. I was like, yes. <laughs> I loved it. Um, I liked uh, when you guys were going on the mission, you, you had a nice GoldenEye mission file. That was mm-hmm. so cool with, with the with the GoldenEye music. Dude, I, lo- I love the, the Chinese sex appeal. <laughs> I thought that was the best running gag. Yeah, we weren't sure. That, that sometimes is hit or miss. Some people... Uh, are like man what what's with all the racism here and some people are like well it's not like the racism is funny but it's the point that the that Travis's character is uh 
is just so dense that he he's constantly making racist remarks without realizing he's being a, a jackass. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of the underlying gag. So hopefully, you know, people can get get that and not think we're making fun of Chinese people. So <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm glad absolutely. I'm glad you understood. Well, I mean, I, like I I knew those guys. I hung out with those guys. Yeah. You know, I feel I feel like every every uh, college age community has like those guys and then somebody else has to kind of point it out like like dude do you think you're being ironic or uh so well i think that I, and and that latches on to that whole uh the fighting game community like controversy that was going on uh, a little while oh, yeah. back um yeah in the gaming community you get guys who you know that's those are the jokes they make and they you know sometimes they can be in good taste and a lot of times they are are not tech, very tactful so <laughs> mm-hmm. so sometimes you got to make fun of those guys Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a couple other little things I, th- I thought were hilarious, and uh, you guys have an eight-bit paperboy scene. Yes. Which was which basically everything in it was hilarious. But my favorite part was that there was a shark fin going around in the swimming pool. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see there. the uh, Ninja Turtle that came up out of the? Uh, oh yeah. Sewer at the end. Yeah, yeah, that was awesome. That and the and the dog just hitting a car and yeah. pulling it up. <laughs> the break dancer in the middle of the street. Yeah, that was one oh, yeah. that I had envisioned from the very beginning, and. Uh, it really came as a surprise because, of course, we had kind of finished principal photography and, like, over the course of six months to a year after, we were doing all the special effects editing and, and, and animation. And our, our sprite animator, it was around, like, Christmas. Uh, Chad, this was uh, – we had sent you the sneak peek to play before the Minecraft documentary at the MAGFest, first MAGFest, um, around Thanksgiving, December uh, that year. And then shortly after that, our, our animator had finished the paperboy scene. And we had kind of a cast get-together where we watched it, and our director didn't tell us it was done. So we got to that scene. And, oh. and you know, normally in all the screenings we'd done up to that point, there's just a black screen that says, like, enter paperboy sequence here, or inserted here. And then suddenly, instead of that, it actually started. And <laughs> wow. afterwards, we were just like, we just kind of like screamed and cheered when it came up. And when, when it was done, we were just all <laughs> clapping because it was awesome. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the, the, my, my favorite sprite animation, if not my favorite part of the whole, whole piece. That cool. was pretty cool. We, me and Chad played a lot of Paperboy when we were little, and <laughs> fucking Paperboy. I, I, lo- I love the randomness of it, but I hated the difficulty of it because you know it's like if you get through that street, then you got to hit that weird fucking ramp course ramp. at the end, and then you just got to start over. <laughs> yeah, it was so. You know, I I feel like I got to Sunday once, once in my entire life, and I and when I got there, I was like, I'm riding high. Like I I will never get this far in Paperboy ever ever again and i never did Ugh. even even memorizing the course there would still be some dog that would just chase you a little bit farther than it normally would before stopping yeah like, damn you dog you're supposed to stop after that last driveway <laughs> but um I, wait i feel wait, and then i felt like if you if you were getting pretty far and then you died i would just get so angry that when i restarted i would just chuck newspapers mercilessly at everything just like just waste it that's really what you got to do yeah it was like uh back then it was the not modern day but uh past day grand theft auto and that you would be doing the missions and then if you ever got bored you just go on a rampage and with uh, Paper Boy, the version of that is just throw throw papers at all the old people rocking on the porch and break everybody's windows and stuff. Exactly. Mm. You got hit every single window. Like, that's just a point of pride for sure. <laughs> no, it's cool. I, I mean, the, I love the Paper Boy scene. I love, like you were saying, that you put in some, uh, some, some good old school music. Instantly recognized the Sonic running out of air music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was awesome. And then the Skater Die remix music was the yes. best. 
I was like, well, fuck it. Like, after I watched that, I was just listening to Skater Die music for like the next couple days. Because <laughs> we would sit there, like, we had Skater Die originally on the Commodore 64. And when every time it boots up, it just shows like the one picture of a skater and then it would play that awesome song. And then eventually you could just hit start to just start playing. And we just sit there and like jam out to it for like five minutes. Just see how long it would go. So. Yeah, and that scene, uh, our actor, Mike, he, he prides himself on being a bit of a klutz. So, like, anything that involves stunts or anything like that, we have, uh, like, three different people who are st- stunt versions of Mike, where uh, when he stepped on the skateboard, that was our sound guy, Caleb, because he's the only skater, so we basically used his feet. Uh, when he flew off the bike, or flew off the skateboard onto the bike, that was me jumping through the air, like, off a trampoline. Uh, but we had to do that a lot for him, because he, he was not very coordinated for, for that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, we try to throw in anytime we had anything happening that um, was kind of iconic. We try to remember what video game does this happen in, and, and do we have music that works for that? And yeah, Skate or Die was definitely. Uh, I just remember I sucked at that game, um, so it kind of oh, it, it made me think like it made me feel like here you have our main character who's never skated a day in his life accidentally gets on a skateboard somehow and he's sucking. Um, and whenever I play, I used to go over. To to my neighbor across the street and we'd play the half pipe I think and it was almost like a joust half mm-hmm. pipe or something oh yeah I could never figure out the controls on that you just I don't know you push <laughs> arrows directions and you push buttons and you pretty much I think every button just falls down it's like oh hit left <laughs> fall down hit up fall down hit re- oh my knees are skinned oh I'm falling down okay I don't know how you're supposed to play that game uh, the, the problem of never getting an instruction manual and just buying the cartridge means if you can't figure it out uh, you're screwed unless your buddy has a the exact copy of Nintendo Power that tells you everything to do. <laughs> I would all I was Bird. I was pretty good at Skater Die except sometimes you go to select your skater and you accidentally select Goofy Foot instead oh, of regular yeah. foot going out and then you switch and go the and then the controls are opposite and then I would just get crushed on the like the street course. See, I feel like if if there was a uh, a carny uh, like version of like an arcade uh, cabinet. Like Skater Die would definitely be on there, you know. Like the Carney is there. He's like he's trying to rip you off, get you know, get you to put money in the machine. Skater Die, like it's something that you're like, oh wow, it looks so cool, but then it's so insanely hard to play. Like I, I love to do the, um, the I don't know if it's called like a slalom, uh, where you 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 have like you versus another player or the computer, and you start at the top of the screen and you have to go down to the bottom of the screen through this obstacle course. But like it felt like every time. It felt like the controls were reversed, like not just like Goofy Foot, but like it, I don't know, just like everything about it was just so tough. Mm. Yeah, as a kid, I felt like I was drinking when I was playing that game. <laughs> no, nothing did what I wanted it to do, and then you end up. I think I'm not a controller throwing kind of gamer, but I think that was one of the games that probably had me throwing a few controllers when I was a kid. Mm. See, I really want. I wanted the skateboard when I was a kid. I, you know, skateboards were big. And we lived on a dirt road in the woods, so there wasn't even any pavement. And the only pavement we had was at our neighbor's house. They had a stretch of 12 foot of uh, pavement that went straight, and then there was 6 foot of pavement that went to the left. And so I got really good at jumping on the skateboard and going 12 foot and then doing one left turn onto the other part, and that was it. I was like, a, I was like the fucking god of 12 by 6 skateboard <laughs> pavement right there. I could, I could do that like probably right now in my sleep, but that was it. If I ever tried skateboarding anywhere else, I would just eat eat the pavement. Yeah. Well, that's that's the whole point of skating. Is like skating is like ninety ninety percent trying and ten percent looking cool. Yeah. I remember we dre- tried skateboard. Yeah. Yes. 
No, we, we tried skateboarding at the, the sidewalk in front of our church after we got out of church one day. And all the old people came out the door that we were skating next to. And they were like, sign of the devil. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> they just thought we were, they're like, that's, uh, ah, that's Mel and Helen's kids. They're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> you would have thought like, you know, we had vampire fangs or something with the skateboard oh, that was, outside of church. That was, that was like, that was like badass back in the day, man. That was like. It was, you might as well stick a heroin needle straight in your elbow, you know? I yeah. loved being a badass at church. It was like, <laughs> we used to, nothing was bigger at church than coffee hour afterwards. Everyone goes downstairs and they all get their coffee and their tea. And there was all these styro- styrofoam cups there. And you know those little uh, coffee stir-, stir straws? Those little tiny, like, red straw things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would take them and we'd grab all the styrofoam cups and poke holes in the bottom of every single one. <laughs> <laughs> and and those, those coffee stirs are so tiny, it was a very small hole, so you wouldn't even see it. And then they would all get their coffee and tea and walk around. It's just, dri- <laughs> it's just dribbling out all over their little Sunday dresses. Yeah. And burning oh their crotches. God. My God. You know what? Maybe I was it's the so- devil. That's right, man. <laughs> No, 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 no. The devil was definitely the tiny, blonde, blue-eyed son of the of uh, of our minister. Oh yeah, yeah. He who shall not be named. <laughs> but when he was like three years old, he was running around screaming and like picking up like uh, heavy toys and throwing them across the room. And everybody's like, "Oh my God, stay away from that kid." Yeah, but he was three. What was our excuse? Because then we know. we would go in that same playroom as a teenagers and whip Fisher Price uh, people at at other people because nothing hurts more than a Fisher Price toy. True, <laughs> a Lego. Maybe not They're now, but stepping yeah. on a Lego at least. Oh, oh that's right. Or, or a Christmas ornament. Well, this is Home Alone yes. now. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then and then you slip and fall in a micro machine. <laughs> I just saw that micro machine guy in Jimmy Fallon last night. Wait, wait. What? The the micro machine talk fast guy. Yeah, like Machida. Was that his last name? Machine. I don't, I don't know. It's like John Machida. What is? Get, wait. Can he can he still talk fast? He can talk fast-ish. So what <laughs> like is he, he's what is he currently doing that would bring him on the late? show or the tonight jimmy show. fallon no jimmy fallon just likes old school stuff yeah. so he just brought him on to talk about something really fast or or he did like a <laughs> he, he brought him on for mm. like an auction joke or something and so he just brought him on there and he was like oh it's the it's the old micro machine guys and i'm thinking yeah and you know he's the voice of blur from transformers so talks a little bit slower now but uh, you know that's okay. He looked really old. He kind of looked like Mean Gene Okerlund's long lost brother or something. <laughs> so but maybe he could be. Maybe he just did like coke back in the day, and that gave him that extra boost. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and he finally cleaned up his act. I don't know. <laughs> He's old. But yeah, I you're, mean that happens when you're old, man. The way you uh, were talking about, uh, you know, if you're skateboarding just a little bit, or you're dressed like a skateboarder, and the old people sign of the devil. You. It reminds me of uh, anytime you if you're touch a skateboard or dress that part you're basically just as bad as all those kids in the uh, warehouse in the first turtles movie oh yeah those are badasses they pretty much assume you're also gambling and smoking and drinking your life away (laughs) and spray painting (laughs) oh man all over town i remember because not only were they like tough dudes but like when they first do like that 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 wide pan shot of the scene, they they hit you with an MC Hammer song. Yeah. It's like, this mm. is how we work. Work, work, work. And I was like, badass. <laughs> Fuck, they got like, they got like MC Hammer playing and shit. Oh, man. And they're like spray painting the walls and no one's busting on them. <laughs> Dude, 
and then they had the giant sick ass skateboarding ramp and they had tons of arcade cabinets and there was a dude playing the final boss from narc yep I always I always wanted them to do kind of a tour of that place, and I, I was talking to Matt. One of the one of the videos <laughs> I want to do is something like this, where uh, uh, you know a kid shows up, and he's like, uh, it's kind of like almost like Neverland for the Lost Boys. You show up, nobody has to tell you what to do, and and he goes through showing them all the awesome stuff. It's like, oh, there's somebody playing. You can play as many arcade games as you want. Play pool, smoke cigars. It's like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's the arts and craft corner where you can make as many macaroni necklaces as you feel like. It's like, oh, that's the chocolate milk room. You can blow bubbles in your chocolate milk as much as you want. It's like, oh, what's that? That's the ball pit, sucker. Oh. <laughs> it's like, it's like whatever you do, to, don't walk or, don't walk into the locker room. That's where this crazy bald Asian guy just beats the shit out of people. <laughs> he works out his anger issues on your face. So stay away from the locker room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bad things happen over there. There's a there's a fucking rat chained to the wall. I mean, just, just be careful. I mean, his his flimsy excuse is the best. Like, I feel like he could get away with anything. Like, he could come in, like, to the cafeteria and sit down next to where you're at and just, like, slam your face into your food and be like, never eat your food in front of an enemy. <laughs> yeah, that dude gets mad. I think, I think we should, re- I think we should, like, now that we're adults, we should create our own foot clan. Those other guys are badass, man. Like, we should have a hangout like that. We'll call ourselves the Foot Clan, and then instead of jobs, we'll steal old Zenith television sets like they were doing <laughs> in those alleyways. Like, we should wait, wait, totally wait. do this. Walkman and, <laughs> and Discman. Yeah. Fuck MP3 players. Let's, let's get a Discman. And, and, and like, and even though it's in broad daylight, the police chief will never catch us because he can't do his job, which is clearly pointed out by the local <laughs> news reporter. Wait, can I can I tell you I got in big trouble be- thanks to Ninja Turtles the first movie because uh, I lived in a small town and Ninja Turtles was shot in New York City, Manhattan, and there were a couple scenes in that movie that I just internalized in the back of my little kid mind, and I thought, oh, that's just what you do when you live in the city. And when I moved to New York City, I actually got in trouble for doing those things. Um, there's there's one scene where um, it's right on when they're stealing stuff in the beginning of the movie <laughs> where there's an old black lady sitting on her fire escape with like a TV. Okay. And she's watching. I think she's watching the TV and the TV gets stolen. And she's like, "Hey!" Oh yeah. Okay. So, something like that. So when I moved to the city, I was like, "Oh!" And and I went to a couple parties and people are partying on the fire escape. I was like, "Oh okay, it's like a third room or something. People you just <laughs> go on your fire escape. Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't care in the movie." Uh, people care. People care when you uh, light a barbecue on your fire escape. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, lit a, I was like, I was like, oh, it's time to do steaks. Right, do we do we do it out in the street? Nah, you can't do it out in the street. Backyard? Nah, we don't have access. We we'll do it on the fire escape. Why not? So there's like these, you know, two foot tall flames coming off of like the charcoal that I just lit full of gasoline mm. on my fire escape, and like people came out of their buildings and the bros across from us to look. Mm. And I was like, "It's okay, it's barbecue." Chad, you're you're oh, a great we... guy. You know, your your apartment building could have caught on fire. When people go to escape, there's two foot flames blocking their safe <laughs> path to get away from fire. <laughs> Dude, the smoke smells extremely good because there would have been steak sizzling on it. So, what do you think? Like, uh, what's the what's the New York subway system called? Like, the Boston is called like MBTA, and they call it the T for short. What's the New York subway called? Uh, I mean, the MTA runs it. It's just the subway. Right, it's called oh, okay. the subway. Okay, I was just it, wondering, like, because, like, I mean, they all got security cameras down there, right? Oh, yeah, okay. se- security cameras everywhere. So what, what do you think happened when they're watching security cameras and, like, 30-foot clan guys all <laughs> jump the rail? Because <laughs> you know those foot guys did not put a tokens in. So you know they all fucking jumped over just stalking April O'Neil. Like, 
who's the guy that watches that footage the next day? It's like, oh, shit, we've got a fucking ninja problem again. Like, or whenever they go down there to uh, search out the turtle's uh, lair, and they all enter mm-hmm. and then jump on the tracks with no train, and then they never come back. The guy the next was, morning is just like, do I have to go fucking looking for these guys? What the hell am I supposed to do? I was always impressed that, like, that one scene they invade. You're right. They're coming through the subway. They're lifting up manhole covers. And then there's a couple dudes that go through that sewer grate. Yeah, the storm and, drain. And, yeah, and it's like, how do you go through those? I always looked at storm drains, and I was like, fuck, can, can you really squeeze through those? Because there's a couple dudes that just basically dove right through there. It reminded me of, like, uh, you know when you have a mouse and they always say, like, you know, if, you, if they're in their house, they can fit, like, their little nose underneath something. Like, the rest of their mm-hmm. body just, like, compresses and squeezes through. And watching mm-hmm. them slide through there just it just made me think of that. Oh, man. I was impressed. By, I, I'm thinking we really need to make an, our own adult foot clan. Like, this would be – I'm telling you, this would be fun. I mean, I, I can really see that now that I'm, like, a new dad. You know, kid just turned one year old. I can really see that. There's a lot of, like, dad meetup groups where they, like, get together and talk about, like, feelings and, you know, you know, man things. And I'm always too intimidated to go. But if it was like, yo, come and we'll train you to be a ninja and you go, like, steal shit in the middle of the night and reclaim your manhood, I mean, I, I, I think I would sign up. Yeah, and as it was pointed out a couple times, I mean, kind of flimsy but in a way. But still, they were like, you know, we are family. <laughs> we <laughs> are family down there. Which You think, you, you think that's... Right down there is family. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I pointed that out to you uh, a couple episodes ago or something. That, that that one guy that makes that family speech to Casey Jones at the end, mm. he, he that's Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. crazy. Whenever I found that out, I was like, oh, man, I got to go back and watch this again. I know, right? Good for him. Now, the original Ninja Turtle movie was like the first time I felt like a badass uh, film genius because, you know, we saw it at the uh, movie theater, but when it came out on VHS, we had our copy. And I remember, like, this is the first time I ever saw, like, a like a, an error, you know, like a continuity mistake or something. There's a scene mm. where I think it's Donatello is on the skateboard in the sewer by himself. And then they cut down to, like, a close-up of just the turtle legs uh, doing skateboard tricks. And at one scene, if you look really closely and then pause it, you can see a white dude's hand flash through the very top of the shot as they're doing, like, a kickflip or something. So yeah, I remember he seeing probably this only like, had the boot, the boots or whatever the costume on, and that was it. Yeah, he just had the turtle legs because they just they just did a nice close up of the turtle legs on the skateboard. And I remember like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> no, I, I, I actually probably said like, what the frick? What the frick was that? And I and, and like we we rewound it, we kind of did pause, and you know when you pause and and slowly uh, fast forward a VCR, you know it's like it's all staticky and stuff. But you could see you could see this little white hand flashes through the top of the screen. And I was like, oh yeah found my first air of course the internet the internet didn't exist then so i couldn't get on there and blog about it or anything but i still felt cool i feel like that's diminished like feeling cool about something that you you know you thought was like the one thing that you're like dude check this out i could be cool amongst like my circle of friends and or my classmates well i used to think i was cool finding continuity errors but nowadays they're just so blatant like i I know i've said this before (laughs) but the first spider-man movie at the end when they're in the cemetery and Kirsten Dunst and Tobey Maguire sharing a scene. Kirsten, like, cups the side of his face with their hand. And then they cut away. And the next time they come back, her hand's not there. And they cut back, and then her hand's there again. <laughs> so oh, unless man. he's doing some kind of, like, kung fu He-Man action, he's like, what's up, what's up, what's up? Like, up and down his face. She's, <laughs> <laughs> like, jerking off the side of his face. But uh, <laughs> and I was like, I remember just saying, like, what the? You know, at this time, I was older. So this time, I was like, what the fuck? But uh, I don't know. They're, they're so blatant now it doesn't it doesn't matter i mean i'm not saying i could do better because you know 
there's just too many things you got to look for but can I, can I can I just give the editor and the director some credit by saying like they probably shot it once and that was the only two shots they had and they had to do it. Yeah, and they're like, no one cares. It's Tobey Maguire and Kirsten <laughs> Durst. <laughs> it's the end of the movie. Everybody's checking out at this point. Yeah. All the cool stuff already happened. We already, like we already got hours. their money. Yeah. Hey, do you know, do you know Tobey Maguire is producing Robotech? Oh, really? Yeah, man. I, I, the only the only reason I know is because Leonardo DiCaprio turned down uh, Star Wars to be on Robotech because Tobey Maguire is his boy. Well, that'll working out pretty good for him because, you know, the prequels, you know, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it's like, if you, if you watched, uh, Aaron, have you seen Robotech? I have not, no. It's pretty awesome. I mean, uh, historically, it was like the one anime that came over, like, from Japan and blew people's minds in the, just the terms of, like, the story, the violence, the adult humor. Nobody had ever seen anything like it. So it was, like, mind-blowing. It wasn't Speed Racer. You know, it wasn't cartoony. Like, people died. Yeah, but and as a kid, I thought it was a little soap opera-ish. Oh, of course. I wasn't Absolutely. I wasn't really into it. Sorry. I, I mean, I was I was into it when I was, you know, 16. Yeah. I mean... Even then, it was, even then it was old. You wouldn't say it was better than Gundam. Well, Gundam Wing is, like, highly exaggerated soap opera where you get, like emo one episode and action the next and you can't really you can't really rewatch it unless you grew up on it well aaron what were your favorite uh like cartoons or shows growing up well i never watched any uh anime tv shows i watched some anime movies but for growing up uh, it's got to be just the early mid 90s uh whenever i would come home and watch like back-to-back tv and of course it was mostly the superhero ones uh, Batman the Animated Series is probably top of the list. Yes. Um, but then uh, the Spider-Man and X-Men ones from the 90s, I, I enjoyed those. I think X-Men more. I haven't watched Spider-Man in a while, but I got X-Men again. And I think the story arcs are cool. The animation is definitely not up to par compared to Batman, but uh, just the, yeah. the, the, the uh, <laughs> amount of characters in the story arcs are, are, are awesome. Like the little uh, kind of, they would have like two to three episode like mini uh, stories within the uh, different seasons, which were pretty fun. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like from all the old Disney ones, uh, gummy bears is freaking yes! awesome. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we love gummy bears. Cause I've, I've gone back. I, I own most of these shows now, but like, uh, went back and watched, uh, you know, Chippendales, gummy bears, ducktails, and, um, all of these gummy bears kind of stands out as just being freaking awesome. Uh, the, uh, Mario show and Zelda show from back in the day. Mario, uh, not that great, and the animation really sucks. Talk about continuity errors. You watch every episode, and there's there's one there's one episode where there's like a Indiana Jones kind of character, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't know who greenlit this. Uh, I guess they just ran out of time. But the character doesn't have a face, what? at all. No eyes, no nose, no mouth. Indiana Jones without a face. So <laughs> that sort of stuff was kind of par for the course every episode of the Mario show. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, those those were awesome. I went back and tried to watch Darkwing Duck again, and, and I couldn't get quite as into it as, as DuckTales and Gummy Bears, which kind of upset me because I wanted to get into it. Um, but, yeah, the, Batman is probably the biggest one. And uh, I, as a kid, I never watched because I think I grew out of it right up to this point. I was getting basically in high school age, and... And uh, stopped watching cartoons and got a girlfriend and stuff. But Batman Beyond, 
the Superman and the Justice League cartoons. I never got around to watching them, so I uh, recently got Batman Beyond and watched all of that, and I'm currently watching Superman right now. Um, okay. Wow. But yeah, I, I think that's that's gonna be tough to go from like later like later DC animation mm-hmm. like back to Superman. I feel like Superman was like especially early Superman was kind of a low point. Yeah, that's why I don't think I watched it when I was a kid. I was like, eh. I mean, Batman was always a more intriguing character to me. Superman. As as a kid, I was always like, well, I've got the Mar- the X Men and you know all of that, uh, quite a variety of characters in the Marvel universe. Then in DC, you had ba- Batman, and then Superman mm-hmm. is basically just like a Boy Scout. Um, like, where's the where's how is it going to be intense at all when you're got a character who can't be basically killed at all? Uh, the only way enemies can can go up against him is to basically put other people in danger. Um, and I don't know, I never got into that, but uh, I'm starting to give it a chance because uh, you guys well before then I started watching Superman but I've taken a break because you guys got me into all the uh, current DC animation so I've been watching a ton of those lately um, but yeah uh, you all were talking about Justice League War and so I, I uh, rented it and watched it <laughs> the other night <laughs> um, and I was like oh this is fun this is awesome and, and I think that helped me get back into S- Superman too because seeing him like in the Justice League um, gives that balance and, and makes me kind of interested again but yeah I watched that and I watched uh, uh, Batman Superman um, Apocalypse uh, Batman Under the Red Hood Justice League New Frontier Flashpoint uh, uh, Justice mm. League Flashpoint um, Bat- uh, Dark Knight Returns 1 and 2 um, yes so I was watching all the. I've watched all those recently, and I've got the a bunch of other ones I'm uh, in my queue right now to watch. But, but yeah, they're all awesome. I'd say. Um, oh, sorry, I, lo- no. I lost you there for a second, but yeah. Here, I'll, all right, we're we're gonna we're gonna pause our episode and pause our recordings too. Uh, I'm gonna restart my internet, and uh, and we'll be right back. All right. Okay. Hey guys, so that concludes part one of our conversation with Aaron Patterson. Please check out part two, which is way longer, and we talk top six N64 games. Uh, We'll see you there.